Hi, welcome to episode 28 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Joining me this week, um, Nikki Merritt from Johannesburg. Hiya. And Bex from Portsmouth. Hello. Um, we did originally have um, Carol Hayward who was going to be with us, um, but uh, she couldn't make it and pulled out the last minute, so it's just the three of us for the next bit. Right, we've beaten. We've actually won a game. Amazing. Um, so... Um, I was at White Hart Lane, and it was it was a strange old a- a- atmosphere. Actually, sorry, atmosphere atmosphere wise, it was really good. Um, um, the I don't know if that came across when you were watching it on on, on TV, but the fans were yeah. singing, and yeah, it was really well, really good. Well, well, it was they were singing at, at one part, especially in the beginning, but then after the two goals, it just like everything went quiet, which is really odd. That's why I tweeted you and said, get the fans singing again, because it was very quiet. It was, yeah, it, I mean, compared to, compared to, compared to some, of, some of the other recent games, it, it, it's, and I, I think I saw signs of, signs of that at the City game, it, it, the atmosphere was better, and um, there was lots of new songs, um, like, uh, something along, along the lines of, and I'm not going to do it justice, but... Um, Danny Rose, Danny Rose, he's got red hair and we don't care, Danny Rose, Danny Rose um, that's a good one and there were also um, Spurs fans were, were shall I say mocking Jake Livermore after his um, unsurprisingly I feel d- dabbling in um, cocaine um, and and Tom Huddleston and Michael Dawson got a very good reception um, but in terms of the actual football first half it was a bit a bit like well, unfortunately what we've been um, accustomed to seeing recently um so pedestrian at times going forward a bit shaky at the back fazio to me looked still looks very suspect i know he's he's, he's formed a good partnership with with Vertonghen, but I, I think as an individual um i still he looks a bit shaky to me and his distribution isn't good danny rose looks superb again um and yep, we don't care that he's got red hair. And uh, again, Dyer did as well as he could um, out of position. The Tongan did well, and Lloris was superb. Bent Lab, Mason, um, surprised that he started Mason. We, we've talked about it on the pod for the last few weeks, but um, yeah. you know that he looks tired. But, but he 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 had a decent game. Um, Lamella was um, very tenacious and tireless, and and worked hard and. Um, obviously, uh, he, he created the first goal. His pass put Chadley through. Chadley did okay. Kane, maybe not his usual self. And then, and then again, same old story with Ericsson. Ericsson, um, yeah, looks looks off look off the pace. And then second half, when we scored those two goals, we suddenly had an urgency, and particularly when Dembele. Um, Nikki, you and I just discussed this just um, before we record start recording, yeah. and. Um, 
when the first one went in, obviously that gave us a sense of urgency, I felt. But then I felt that was taken a step further, a, a level further when Ericsson came off and Dembele came on. And um, listeners of the podcast will know that I'm not a big fan of Dembele, but I thought he did he did really well when he came on. There was a um, he had this sort of get and go attitude. He was you know really um, he was doing all the things that Dembele does very well, like you know using his strength yeah. and holding the ball. But he was also looking forward and and moving the ball forward. And um, there was a, an urgency and a um, Pace isn't the right right word, but he was speeding up the play, shall I say? Whereas with with Ericsson, you didn't get that, unfortunately. Uh, uh, yeah, it just um, like I said, it just it just appeared that it, it was laboured again at times. It was really just slow. I, as I was even saying to you before we started, even even Larice looked like he was getting a little frustrated because, you know. We're just so slow on the counter-attack. And, and Lloris looked really, really animated when he was trying to get the ball out and get them to rush forward and get them to move forward. And and then it just sort of all hung around the back. And they just, you know, it just looked slow and laboured and predictable at times, which is frustrating. And then when they were passing fast and they were just doing these these little snappy moves, it just, it just picked up the tempo. And that's what I like to see. I don't like the... The predictable play, but uh, but you know what? I think number one, and 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 this takes nothing away from Tottenham, but we're lucky that Hull is shit <laughs> because they created some great chances, you know, at, and and they actually had more shots on target than we did. So we are very fortunate that they're as poor as that they are. But having said that, we walked away with three points, and that's all that matters. I actually don't care how pretty it was or whatever we won and that's and we won our last home game of the season so thank you very much I'll take those points <laughs> it always helps doesn't it to finish your season <laughs> with the, the points behind yeah. you especially at home because people it just makes people think well you know you can see the good side and the bad side but ultimately you know that the team have done their job and to win yeah. at home is always nice and we've dropped it because I, I could quite easily have foreseen a loss this weekend. Yeah. With a Huddleston goal, you know, followed by a Dawson header, um, yeah. that we let them basically let them win because of the relegation fight that they're in, and I thought they might push for it harder. Yeah. So yeah, I was quite happy to see a win today. I had a really really bad stream that would. <laughs> freeze and then it would speed up to kind of catch up so everybody that like little like you know they were doing on a computer screen or everything so they'd be running at like mac 3 or something um so my experience of the game probably wasn't as good as either of yours so it was a bit disappointing but never mind mm. we um, are always nice last week i think nikki you you predicted yeah. that, that i was just um, gonna say that <laughs> that spurs would lose and i predicted they would lose so i'm quite glad that we we, we were both proved wrong Absolutely, but remember, I said that every week I predict that we'll win, and every week I'm wrong. <laughs> so this is why I decided with the reverse psychology of this and said we're going to lose, and lo and behold, we didn't. So it's great to be wrong. Yeah, that was one of those where you'll take it, isn't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> be wrong for the greater good. I actually had a look at um, Elliot Lyons' forward line prediction, and he had the first result as being a 1-0 win, and the second being a 2-0 win. So, well done, Elliot. You were right. Yeah. 
So that that victory takes well, it keeps, I was gonna say it takes us. It keeps us where, exactly where we were, which is still one point above Southampton, who um, who <laughs> thrashed... an amazing game today. <laughs> thrashed... and, and that's yes, I did. Sorry, Jeff. Well, it does any kind of um, yeah. There were a couple of pictures. I can't remember who posted them on uh, the Facebook page. Um, Go on then, Tim. How's your win ratio now? And I wonder if this is the first time Villa have realised Villa fans have realised that he's not the god they all thought he was. Or is it a question of Southampton? You know, what was it? A hat trick in three minutes. It's just an outstanding accomplishment, I think, at this late stage of the season. Yeah, Devan Devan Pandya, who's, who's appeared on on the podcast a few few times, he posted in the in the Tottenham yeah. family Facebook group a, a photo of I think it's Lee Van Cleef, I believe. Yes. Um, who um, it's actually uh, funny that he should post a photo of Lee Van Cleef because I was watching some clips on YouTube last night of um, of the Clint Eastwood Lee Van Cleef spaghetti westerns from 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 from, from the mid to late sixties. Um, and I think in one of the films, I think it was for a few, for a few 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 dollars more, um, he makes some phrase about um, your shoot ratio or, or something or another. So. Yeah, play on words there um and of course we never hear tired of tim sherwood telling us about um his percentage of wins and whatnot when he was our manager but anyway mm. unfortunately that that result won't have any bearing on village fortunes in that they are probably safe looking at the table mm. um, yeah but it was still amusing nonetheless yeah because i'm well, spiteful absolutely. like that <laughs> so we're a po- we're a point above um, Southampton as we as we were before the game, and they've obviously got a vastly superior goal difference even without even um, before they scored those six goals. Um, we've got Everton on the final day of the season, and we'll talk about a little bit more about that later on um, and, and, and look at predictions. But um, they've got they've got Manchester City away, so we could actually afford to. Well, if Man City beat them. <laughs> It doesn't really matter what happens in the Everton game. Six players is, is, is ours, and Europa League and all that, all that, all that that entails. Yeah, I think we need, you know, much as a people, it's a very divisive subject. Um, shall we or shan't we? Mm-hmm. But the difference in the players' attitude when we went out of Europa and we stopped playing that very high tempo two games a week, we lost. A fair few get well. We lost the league game, and then we won the two games after that, and then it went completely flat for three or four games. So I think it's proved that whilst maybe the fans don't like that, it maybe I don't know rejuvenates the players in some way. Uh, yeah, and I think we still need Europa to keep players. I think Lloris is definitely looking out the door. And do you know that fifth place, fifth place is even still very much on the cards. So I'm just looking at it now. Liverpool are losing two one at home to Crystal Palace. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sixty three minutes played. They went one nil, one nil up. Um, they're now losing two one, and that's just if funny. It, if it stays like that, big if here. There is still twenty odd minute, minutes to play. Then they'll, they'll only be a point above us, and they go away. <laughs> They go away to Stoke on the final day of the season, which won't be an easy match by yeah. any means. Well, Paul's uh, just come to tell me exactly what you guys have just told me about Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is just so funny. Oh, my goodness me. And um, 
what I wanted to say was Europa League. I actually read something this morning where where some fans, you know, basically call you an utter idiot if you believe that we should not be playing in Europa League. I mean, they they were quite harsh in their opinions about it. But I, I think what Beck said is is right. We we seem to have lost our momentum after we went out, and mm-hmm. you know, we just kind of. I don't know, fell apart in a way. So I think when we're playing, even though it tires us to be traveling, etc., hopefully next season, um, Pochettino has more of a choice to be able to rotate some players and, and maybe some of the key players, especially in the earlier games of Europa League, don't go and travel. And we're able to just stay at home and rest and, and be prepared for the premiership as such. I don't know, you know, is that the way forward? I have no uh, idea. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And particularly when you consider that there are certain players like Harry Kane, for instance, that got their opportunity in the first team because of playing in 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 Europa, um, he scored some goals early on in that competi- competition. He got um, a hat trick against, I think it was Aristas. Um, yeah. That was that was the game that um, he Le- went in Le- goal. Yeah, he went in goal, and Le- I think Lamella scored, scored the Rabona. The, the Rabona. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think it's really important, and I think if you've got lots of players in your squad, and you need to sort of juggle. Um, and that and keep everybody happy, then you need to be involved in all competitions. If you're just, if you take United for for example, um, they weren't involved in Europe. They went out of cup competition. So all they all they've got is the league. And okay, that means that they might have a week's um, uh, worth of training and no matches in the middle of the week, and that's fine. But it's going to make it more difficult for the managers to keep everybody ha- happy because there are only so many games and only so many and and uh, yeah, so many players that he needs to um, yeah. satisfy. So um, I think that being in the, in the Europa is generally a good thing. No, I yep. agree. Yeah. And if we don't qualify for the Europa because we finish seventh and. Um, and and I'm, 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 I've said this before. I'm hoping if we do finish seventh, we don't end up qualifying through the back door because Arsenal win. But if we finish seventh and let's say Villa win the FA Cup, then we don't deserve to be there. That's fine. If we if we do finish sixth or fifth, then it's the Europa. Whatever you think of it, it's a reward for finishing where we where we are. Um, another way of looking at it, you could argue that it's the failure to finish in the top four means that you don't get Champions League and and you um you finish you, you end up playing in the Europa so be it that's you take the cards that you're dealt with um absolutely but it's still a competition and 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 you should you know play for it i mean it's it's still a cup to be won really yeah, yeah it's so, also you know for some players it's getting them seen on the the larger scale absolutely. and i think we will without european football in some description we are at a higher risk of losing Lloris and also this summer, at a higher risk of attracting players, because if yeah. if if we don't qualify for the Europa, okay, so if, if we if if you don't qualify for the Champions League, as we saw a few years ago, a few, a few years ago, players like Modric and Bale and so forth, they're, they're going to be hard harder to keep. That's fine, okay. If you take that a step further and you don't even qualify for the Europa, not only are, are you going to lose the players that you mentioned, your Larises and your Vatongans, and mm-hmm. further down your Ericsons, it, 
you're not going to be an attractive proposition. Why would, if I was a, a top class player, whether I, whether, whether I was a top class English player, or whether I was a European player or, or African or whatever playing overseas, or or a Brazilian, why would I want to come and play for little old Tottenham Hotspur if they're not, um, you know, if if they're not one of the big boys that are challenging for the league or for or for top four? And they're not involved in European competition. Um, I know that we as fans um, think the world of Tottenham Hotspur. That's that's fine, and I know that we've got a history and and so forth. But um, to most professional footballers, they want to play at the highest level. Um, and you know, simply we wouldn't be able to attract. Um, if you if you think of champions if you think of a Champions League team as being able to attract the gold type player and the Europa team able to attract let's say the next tier down silver or players that have got the potential to become gold then mm. we would attract the bronze yeah that's an yeah. awful awful analogy but i think you know what i mean yeah but no i don't completely makes sense so so the bottom line is i think we've we've, we've got to just go out hopefully hopefully today's win give them gives them a little boost to go out and fight for it because i mean we, we we beat Everton. Hey, sorry, my brain's fried. We beat Everton at home, didn't we? We did, and, and yes. Soldado scored. Yeah, that's right. Well, when he came on, I'm like, oh, Bobby, I would eat mushrooms for my boy. <laughs> I know you've only got three minutes, but do what you can. <laughs> and and frankly, I just think we need to go out with a bang and and just give it all we've got. We've got nothing left to lose, and and we've we've got to throw everything at the Everton game. Honestly, um, we'll obviously look at questions a bit a bit later. But whilst we're talking about um, the season and well, not t- today's performance and and looking ahead to where we finish, um, we had a question on Twitter from at at underscore Spurs who says, "Would you consider this a successful transitional season?" Yes. Both both uh, of you, yes. Yeah, and 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 I'll, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. And I think I said this before. In my opinion, I think that that Pochettino has taken the season to assess what he has. He's he's given everybody a chance. I think everybody is on the same page in terms of what it is that he wants. Um, we may not always agree with 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 people that he plays, like Kirikish. I mean, what the fuck does he see in him? <laughs> but. I'm so glad he's so out of the of not playing. He's been <laughs> he's been red carded. It's brilliant. But for me, I think he's been able to assess the players that he has. So he's got a really really good idea of who he wants to keep, who he wants to let go of, and who he is going to need to bring in to strengthen his squad. I'm not. I'm under no illusions that that uh, other teams aren't going to get better. But in terms of what I think Pochettino wants to achieve. I think I think we've done pretty pretty well this season. There have been highs, there have been lows, there've, there's been frustration, but but overall I think he's come to do what he had set out to do. And and while it may not be as successful as the the ending of of other seasons for us, I think looking ahead, it's 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 good stepping stone. He's he's creating a great foundation for greater things to come. Thanks. I presume you're going to agree with that. Well, I am completely. The other only other thing that I wanted to add was a cup final in his first season. Who saw that coming? Exactly. I'm I, 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 sorry, I didn't even mention it. Thanks, Bex. 
You're welcome. Exactly. Um, but I think that was something that nobody, nobody planned. Nobody yeah. even had that on their high, list of highlights, you know, things that I would like to see for the season. When Poch came in, nobody foresaw a cup final. And okay, so we didn't win, but it was still a real achievement, I think, to get there. Hmm? And I think we did okay. We didn't embarrass ourselves on the day. Okay, so I, I'm going to be very boring and agree with you, but 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 before I do, but before I do, um, well, I, I can hardly express an opinion which is which is different because I, I'd be, you know, two females and a male, you're, you're bound to be correct. Um, so, um, but let, let me just play devil's advocate for a minute. Okay, so somebody critic of Poch, for example, or if somebody was going to be critical um, in a constructive way. Poch, they could you could argue that well, okay. So at the moment, whilst there's a possibility if Liverpool lose and results go our way on the last day of the season, we could finish fifth. I'm assuming that's still a slim chance. And whilst we could, we may finish seventh, but we're assuming that Southampton, for that to happen, Southampton would have to go to um, uh, uh, the Etihad and win. Um, Six is probably where we're going to finish. Now, that's no different from where we finished last season. Our points total, I think, will probably be less than what it was last season. So how can we therefore argue that this season has been successful? You think, well, I don't think that anybody would consider last season as successful, given what happened as much off the pitch as happened on it. But have, um, we, moved, have we moved on as a club since then, if I we're think... still finishing in the same... I think going to Man City and not getting thumped five, six goals is a <laughs> definite advantage. And, you know, you can say the same for Anfield. We beat Chelsea, we beat Arsenal. Mm. I think those are those are positives to take forward. And yes, OK, they, it's not been perfect this season, but it wasn't ever going to be. But I think we've managed OK. And I think this season, maybe the best time, actually, to ask whether this has been a successful transitional season is this time next year. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree. When and... you can see how we progress next year and to see whether the foundations that are being laid now, to see how successful they've been. And and another thing to point out is it has been a successful season in the fact that we've been able to keep our head coach. He hasn't been fired, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a great he is, a, he is a proper head coach, not just somebody we roped in off the street to kind of prop us it, up for six months. Yeah, yeah that yeah. helps. And he's, exactly. put, he's putting in the building blocks. I've said this before. He's putting in the building blocks, block, blocks even for success next season and hopefully the season after that and, and so forth. And, yeah. and if you look at player development, if you look at Danny Rose in particular, if you look at Nasser Chadley, I mean, Rose was written off by a lot, a lot of our fans last season. Um, yeah. Nasser Chadley, I think he, he was one of the... Well, Chadley was one of the famous seven that, that were signed. And... Um, there was talk that he would be one of the players that would be surplus to requirements, but he's, um, I mean, he, he's in double figures. That's pretty impressive um, yeah. in terms of goals. Um, and, you know, you've obviously got Harry Kane. You've got Bentalab that's that's developed as a footballer. You've got Ryan Mason. Um, and, and let's not forget, okay, the person who I have been particularly critical of, Lamilla. The last ha. few games, the boy has played his socks off. Now, oh. obviously, something is clicking with Pochettino, but I think that he is being able to bring out something in the Miller that, that 
clearly the skill that he has, but he's able to actually bring it out and 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 Lamela's becoming really really good. Yeah, but I, I, but I think people were very much misled by the price tag and the look at these fantastic things I can do. The little clip you get on Facebook and yeah. YouTube, and people looked at that and went. Well, he should be, you know, scoring goals and he's brilliant. Yes, every when everything's condensed into a 10-second, you know, this is the best of type of thing, it's going to look good. Of course it's going to look good. But it's also and now it's just it's taking... Yeah, it's, of course, it's a whole different scenario. Different, different pace. I mean... Well, the game is different here. It's Italy is very technical. Um, everything is different and it's just taken him that time. And maybe it is a coach that believes that he can do well. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is, but he's settled. He seems settled, and he seems really determined to play, and do either what he's told or by Poch or what he thinks the team needs. Mm. It's great to see, and thirty million pounds worth of great to see at that. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, all this talk about getting rid of him, I think it would be really stupid, and I don't think yeah. I don't think we'd get the money for him first of all, um, unless it was one of the one of the bigger teams in Europe that wanted him. But I would I think it would be really, really stupid because you're investing this time in him only for him to start coming good now. Yes, it's at the end of the season, but can you imagine next season? I mean, why would you want to get rid of that when when he's potentially really, really uh, going to be outstanding for us, I think. So I, I yeah. respect I respect the fact that that some people criticise Lamella and you know, and there are flaws in his, in his game and, and and so forth. But honestly, the same people that criticise Lamella, they're <laughs> probably the same people that were criticising Bale. Yep. Um, and look at where he got to, and 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 I think that you know Lamella isn't somebody that was just some ordinary footballer that we picked up. He was a good, promising young football player. Okay, so uh, he's got the talent. Um, in, in his locker, and and hopefully sooner rather than later, we're, we're going to see see that on a regular ba- uh, basis. We've seen glimpses of that, um, and and I'm really confident that come next season, um, he's going to have a big part to play. And also, particularly if um, if he plays in the centre where Ericsson is playing at the moment, um, that could I could see him um, I could see him making lots of headway there because Ericsson doesn't really have any competition at the moment yeah. and he could do with a kick up his backside. And I wonder if Poch, I don't think he'll do it, but it'd be, it'd be really good if um, against Everton, he starts with Lamella in the central yeah. role and and, yeah. and maybe drop, drops Eric, Ericsson. You know, I don't think it would do Ericsson any harm to sit it out for a bit. Well, the thing is that, so Lamella, for me... Um, you sh- Lamella, Ericsson and Chadley are interchangeable on a pitch players. Mm, so you yeah. can put the three of them um, behind your striker to play. It, it doesn't matter. The three of them should play kind of, and you can put any one of them anywhere on the pitch and the other two will move to cover mm-hmm. for me um, because they're all very quick. They're all immensely skilled and they should be able to do that. So a little bit more movement. I think um, Chadley's personal issues did drop a big hole in his season and Ericsson has faded but next year when they've had this whole a whole season of playing at this very high tempo with the extra training sessions and I think next year we will see the benefit from that yeah. that's another one of the, the building blocks isn't it really 
They're the, whole, they're the holy trinity. Yeah, and I think the team is, much as Harry Kane has been outstanding this season, the last couple of games, he's been marked out of the game. Mm. And yeah. it, that is just going to get worse for him next season. Absolutely. But but one thing about Kane, and, and, and um, I'm going to jump, jump ahead a bit here. Um, the one thing about Kane is we play with one striker up front and um, whilst he has been marked out of the game and whilst he hasn't scored against, um, he hasn't scored since that Newcastle match, I believe um, he can play that um, uh, role up front on his own very well, holding the line with with three players behind him. Um, I don't know, for example, that Soldado can. Um, So we had a question from Barry Crowhurst who, who asked, um, as both Danny Ings and Charlie Austin, Burnley and QPR respectively, um, are up, up for grabs, who would best suit the system that Poch plays? And personally, I think that both would add value, and certainly Austin would add goals and something different, but I'm not sure that either could play the target man role or the, the sole striker role, mm. leading the line that in the way that um, Harry Kane does. Yeah, I, I don't know enough about either of them, to be honest. But um, I think Danny Ings is probably the guy that I would go for because because I think he's the guy that's able to... He, he, he's a sniffer and he's able to get the ball. And and for me, I think I think he would probably add value more than, than Austin would if, if we had to have one of them, if we had to try and get one of them. Mm. See, I'm not. This sounds very snobbish. Um, I'm not sure either of them are classy enough. What about Barry? Doesn't mention this, but what about Benteke? We could give we could give Addy to <laughs> to, to Villa. Um, he could be reunited with Tim Sherwood, and captain, they could, my captain. They could yeah. have their little, little loving, and um, Benteke could come to White Hart Lane. I could see that. No, no. See, I uh, I don't know. No, you, you know why I don't want him? Because he went to Villa first. Granted, there must have been stuff that happened behind the scenes, but he chose Villa, or somebody chose Villa for him, and for that reason, fuck you, Benteke. Fuck off. I don't want you at White Hart Lane. I, I'm I, not sure Nicky's think... view is quite clear enough. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just think he's he's a bit of a drama queen. So you're going to swap one drama queen for another? I, I don't get it. Mm. I, I don't like him. But that's obviously, I'm not seeing the bigger picture then. But I, I just think, no, definitely not. He won't add value. And that's my stance on the matter. <laughs> and I'm going to have a sip of wine. Next question. <laughs> I, I just, ju- ju- just before we uh, finish off on that, what, what, one thing about Harry Kane, I did notice, yes, he, he, he hasn't been on the goals. And yes, he is being marked out of games. And that, that's inevitable. And that will continue next season. That, that was always going to happen. But he did still have a few chances today. Um, he still looks lively. He still looks sharp. Um, he still brings in players into the game. So uh, where I'd be worried about Harry Kane is if he starts to do, if his form drops in terms of, you know, he's not making the runs, he's not working hard, he can't, he's not bringing people into the game, he starts to miss a few chances and then his confidence g- g- gets affected. He's nowhere near that at the moment. So um, I, I think... Uh, as long as he's the focal point and we've got good players behind him, that, that holy trinity of Lamella, Chadley and um, and Eriksson, then I think they will contribute. And when they don't contribute next season, I'm sure that Kane will, will, will be the man. 
Um, well, sorry, and just as an addition to that, I think going to the uh, under-21s tournament is going to help him quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. I think so too. He needs that experience. I think he needs the experience. He needs that big game tournament going yeah, on. He... Um, and then he'll realise that the Premier League isn't, you know, playing week in, week out, like uh, at that pressure, because there has been a lot of pressure on him this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, I just think that going to the tournament and having that experience all condensed will um, will be really good for us ultimately. Okay, so um, just before we move on to the second half and, and looking at questions uh, in full, um, should just add that um, at half time, um, Bradford Friedel came on the pitch. They they had a little. Um, uh, montage beforehand of clips um, of, of his finest moments and they were playing born in the USA and, and then he came on the pitch and, and was given a very good reception he what did he say he said something along the lines of I can't remember it word for word but he uh, well firstly he's going to be an ambassador for the club going forward and that, that's good that we've we've retained him and I think that's I think it's good for two reasons. One, I like the guy. I think he's he's a really decent professional and a human being, um, and I think he'll do a very good role. Rather cynically, the second reason is um, we've got obviously um, a large market in 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 the in the US that we we want to tap and and exploit, um, for want of a better phrase, and and he would be the right person to do that, as well as being a fantastic human being and a great ambassador. Um, but he spoke very highly of the club and the board and 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 the manager, and he said something along the lines of, "We should all stick together. Um, if, we, if we want to reach that promised land of the Champions League, then we all need to stick together." And I thought that was really touching and moving, and I I, I like that. Yeah. Well, good luck to Brad because I just he just seems like such a nice guy every time I've seen him speak, and and. Um, I just wish him all the best. I'm glad he's an ambassador for us because, you know, you couldn't ask for anybody better. Yeah, and I think there's no hard feelings there. You know, it's not like he's ever done anything wrong. He's always no. been um, very on side. But he's so softly spoken. I can't. Every time yeah. I hear him speak, and I think, wow, it just seems so out of character for the rest of him. But he's done. A, he did some punditry work as well, <laughs> didn't he? Um, yeah, he does over the World yeah. Cup and things. So I think I hope that he sticks with that because it's good to have. You don't often get keepers doing punditry, so it's good to yeah. hear that point of view as well. Yeah, he, he's very articulate, very thoughtful, and um, he would make a great guest, of course, on the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Well, so, there you go, Brad. You if should you make that your mission. Um, yeah. I've already, already started thinking along those lines. <laughs> um, right. But, okay. So, but, sorry. Just sorry. On. Just with what Bex was saying, um, with doing with with doing his punditry, he was really really good. I saw him on Sky Sports the one day, and he he was so insightful in terms of what goalkeepers were doing wrong with with letting in goals. So now when I watch, those are the kind of things that I look out. It was it was just really interesting. He he does he articulates what he wants to say really really well, and he gets the the point across, but without being a knob about it because I'm sorry there are some real dicks out there who who really shouldn't be on any shows because yes. they are so biased and he yes. is such an unbiased guy he's he's not talking about talking up one team and talking down the other he's just so level-headed and I think that's the thing I really admire mm. about him 
Okay, okay. so we've got the we've got we've got Everton on the final um, day of the season next Sunday. So here is Elliot Line for the final time this season with the forward line. This is the forward line on the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast with me, Elliot Line. Looking forward to the game against Everton on May 24th, the final game of the 2014-15 season. In our history, we've played Everton 154 times, winning 57 and losing 48. However, 40 of those 57 wins came at White Hart Lane. In fact, we haven't won at Goodison since February 2007, when Berbatov and Genus scored for us. Although we should have won in 2009 when we let slip a two-goal lead and Jermaine Defoe missed the last-minute penalty. We beat them 2-1 in our most recent meeting at the lane in November, where Ericsson and Soldado were on target. I rate the likelihood of us scoring as 61%, and of scoring more than once as only 20%, of keeping a clean sheet as just 35%. The most likely scoreline is a 1-1 draw, followed by a 1-0 defeat, a 1-0 Spurs win, and a 0-0 draw. Overall, I have 31% for a Spurs win, 30% for a draw, and 39% for an Everton win. Currently, the best odds for a Spurs win can be found at Marathon Bet, who are offering 2-1. This has been The Forward Line, with me, Elliot Lyon. Come on, you Spurs. Welcome back. Thank you, Elliot, for the final Forward Line, um, and thank you for all the other Forward Lines you, you've done um over the course of this season and we look forward to look forward to more forward lines next season and and hopefully to get Elliot on the pod um definitely absolutely we have to get but not with his robot voice because that was really freaky (laughs) that would be good no that was just felt wrong okay so before we do questions um let's following on from Elliot's forward line um turning to that game against Everton um very quick prediction starting with Nikki. Okay, so seeing how well we did this week, I think we're going to lose again next week. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's going to be a tight game, uh, but I think we say that every week. But um, but I think our tails are going to be up, and we're going to maybe just want to go out with a bit of a bang. So I'm hoping for a a one nil. Or two-one victory next week. Yeah, I think we'll win as well. I think a two-one. Um, did they? I saw their, one of their, their score at one stage today. They beat West Ham. Did they win that game? That was two-one. The last time I saw it. Oh, I didn't. I didn't check. I don't know. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think we'll beat them because I don't think they have nothing to fight for. I don't think they're that bothered. No, I think that. Okay, Man City will beat Southampton, so that's Southampton out of sixth place. Um, I think we'll go to Goodison, and oh, it's a difficult ground though. We haven't, had, we don't, we haven't had some, we haven't had good results there recently. Um, was it last season? I think we drew nil nil, and Lloris did his head in, if I yeah. recall. Um, and then previous seasons we lost there. Having said that. I think a draw is probably the most likely result, and that will, with, with hopefully. Man City beating Southampton, that will mean we'll finish sixth. But hey, what the hell? I think we'll, we'll win the match, and I think um, Stoke will beat Liverpool, and we'll finish fifth. It should be okay. nice way, to, nice way to end, end the season. Good, because that's Liverpool just having been um, beaten at 3-1. Home by C- yeah. Crystal Palace, which is just I love amazing. It. 
That's really funny. <laughs> Stevie G's last game. You'd think the man oh. was um, at death's door from the press coverage. So Really? Um, I am amused by that score. <laughs> and mean. <laughs> he hasn't even retired, okay? I, honestly, it's just, on, Nicky, I, here it's been over everything. Oh, really? Yes, even Gerard is retiring. It's his last home game. I don't care. It was They reported it on my local radio today. I was really glad. Oh, my God. You've got to keep so, kidding me. No, honestly. Local radio. Oh. So they, they were given the Southampton score, and then they said, of course, and, you know, Stephen Gerrard plays his last home game. I don't care. Um, when, when Gary Lineker played his last um, game for Spurs in 92, which was his last game in English football, and he, he didn't retire. He went on to... to play for Grampus 8 in, in Japan which is a similar sort of thing to Gerard. and arguably you could say the same same of La- same thing of Lampard he stopped he finished playing for, for Chelsea um, and well, he was supposed to go to the States but that, that didn't really happen or he was loaned back to Man City but um, there was none of this none of this exactly I don't understand nah, he's cost he cost them points again this season when he got sent off against United and he basically cost them a really good crack at the title last season when he slipped over, which was still very amusing. Um, but So I don't understand the adulation that the guy gets. Yeah, unless somebody's paying the, the, the newspapers to keep him there. That's you know, a lot because of it's... money. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the only other thing that's newsworthy. Otherwise, you've got to focus on how shit they were this season. Well, I can do that all day long. (laughs) (laughs) With relish. But, yeah, that's by the by, I think. Um, Yeah, the the press coverage has been quite intense. I've just turned the television off now. I've got no desire to see Sky Sports fawning any more over the guy than they did when he announced he was going to play in the MLS. Okay, let's do some questions. Um, A very good question from Greg Taylor, and I'm not sure in Brazil, I'm not sure I'm going to do it justice because I'm... Uh, but we'll, we'll give it a go. So he asked, many fans seem to think that if we want a player, it's Levy's fault if we don't get him. Um, he still sees people complaining that we didn't get Matinho um, when ABB was manager, saying that Levy didn't offer enough. The problem was third-party ownership. Um, we had the same problem when we were trying to get uh, Leandro Damiao. Brazilian lad. Um, now, apparently, this is news to me. I didn't know. Um, FIFA have banned third-party ownership. Do you think that we, as a result of that, stand a better chance of getting our targets? See, not, I, I, I would think that that it comes down to, in, in, at the end of the day, it comes, still comes down to Levy and Levy's brinkmanship. And no, you see, I think a lot of this still comes down to salary. Mm. Because, yes, we can play, you know, well, it's going to cost us 30 million to sign Damian. Okay. But what will he be expecting in wages? So it's not his transfer cost, it's the ongoing cost. Yeah. And that is where I think it falls down. Because, of course, West Ham had all this before. They, that was the deal with um, Tevez and Ben Ayun, wasn't it? They were third party ownership. Didn't West Ham get fined for that? With Tevez and Mascaran, the, the Argentinian lads. <laughs> was it Mask? Um, oh, okay, yeah. Ma- Ma- Mascarano? Mascarano. So yeah. they, they, it's, it's long been a problem, but if you take that third-party ownership away, then isn't it still the same money-grabbing agents saying, yes, yes, go to this place, but only if they're going to pay you 150000 a week or something? Yeah. So I don't know if it is Levy. 
yeah. I think it's maybe the money in football anyway. I don't it's know. One less, one less party that you've got to deal with. So, yeah, it's easier. But it, it, like Beck says, it doesn't take away the fact that you're still going to negotiate, you know, what that player wants to earn. Um, forget about the transfer fee. It's 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 what they actually want to earn and what the what the week to week costs are going to be and whether or not we can afford that. So, you know, I don't know. Mm. I don't. And you I, see, think... I don't know en- enough about this to really give a, a proper opinion. I did look it up, and 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 it appears that it was. Um, abolished in January this year. It removes the complexity, but that's true. So it takes that hurdle away. But at the end of the day, as, as Beck said, you know, salaries are still going to be salaries. And 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 we've only got, we don't have the resources. Um, we don't have the get the gate revenue that some of the big clubs have. We don't, we're not in the Champions League. And we've got a very prudent chairman so, He's already had his fingers burnt on a big salary with Adebayor. Yeah. And I think that really has burnt his fingers and he's not overly keen to try that again. Mm. So I I don't know how much impact the third party ownership will have because it hasn't been legal in UK football for a while, has it? The FA banned it. Yeah. And that's why we couldn't have various players, despite managers apparently being desperate to sign them, which some fans fail to appreciate. Yeah. Okay, so um, Ali Hassan asked, does anyone think we should play with three at the back? So Dyer on the right side, Fazio in the centre and Vertonghen on the left side, allowing Walker and Rose more freedom to push up, da- up and down the flanks. Also allowing our inverted wingers to interchange more up front. I think it would be brilliant. Yeah, I would love to try it. Uh, we, we, Paul and I discussed this question this morning, and we were just we were just looking at at the formations, and and it could it could actually help shore up our defence, and and it could be the answer to our problems. It's a very very good idea, and and Ali, if you want to go and see Pochettino about this, I I I'm backing you. <laughs> I I think it would or be going brilliant. with you. It, um, I would yeah. go with <laughs> and distract him so that he says yes. But, you know, ultimately you, you, your, your spine is going to have to be very strong. So it's going to put a lot of pressure on, on players like Fazio, who, who still has his moments. He's, he's good in the air, but I'm not quite sure everywhere else. But, but he's a tall guy, so you would want him there in the centre. And then mm-hmm. who would you play in the middle? Bentaleb, obviously. Uh, I would say, or you know, obviously you've got you've got your Masons or Dibbele or whatever. But I think Bentaleb, and then in front of that, then you've got obviously Ericsson or or not even Lamella because I'd have Lamella and Nasser right in the front, you know, with with Harry. So it's it it certainly is interesting, and and it certainly I think could could sort out our our defence by having those those three at the back because you're you know I think you're you're providing support from either side. Um, it's difficult for me to articulate because you can't see my hands and what they're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> you mean we're not we're not all together in one room and doing this podcast? <laughs> see, all the all the other Tottenham podcasts they've all got the advantage of being there. Um, in a room, face to face. Okay, we we have to over Skype, different locations, different 
time zones and all of that. Okay, just shows how much better we are. Exactly. exactly. No, Except I think this when I can't show you what I mean by the little cradle of the fence at the back and how <laughs> it just moves from one side to the other and how they step in for each other. You know, Dyer comes in to support for Tongan or uh, uh, Fazio or 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 Yan comes in and supports Fazio when they're moving up the the right. So I actually think it's 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 an idea, but I don't mm. know if. Why? Does any anybody else I, play like this? I'm, in the I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan. I'm okay, but does fan. anybody else play like this in the Premiership? That you know what? Mm, not, not really. I'm aware of at the moment. Van Hal tried it a bit earlier this season. He tried playing three at the back, and then he went to four, and then he went back to three. And I think it depends on your personnel. And Rose and Walker are certainly fast enough to do something like that with a little bit of defensive knowledge. So it's not their sole job to defend mm. because both of them are a little can you know aside from the fact that Danny Rose has have an outstanding end to his season yeah they can both have a little bit of a oh am I supposed to be back there defending and here I am busy running up and down the wings yeah so yeah. I think if you do that then it takes away that pressure off them to be just defending mm. and it allows them a lot more space there are some flaws with that I don't the, the whole deal with Vertonghen coming to Spurs and not going to the Gunners was so he didn't have to play left back mm. as a permanent yeah. thing. So I don't think he would like that very much. And the other thing I think would that may feature would be Walker's um, England place. Yeah, would be I... in jeopardy. And I don't. So I don't know if he would be too keen on that bait or whether you know, it might not be a consideration for him at all. I don't know. Okay, explain that to me. Sorry, Bex. Part of my ignorance. What do you mean by that? So if Carl Walker is getting a mostly regular England slot, yeah. playing at right back, and then he suddenly gets moved, okay, all right. would he be so keen to try it? Okay. All right, so what, what, what else do we do? What do we do? Uh, sorry, I know this is a question further in the pod, but what do we do to fix our defence? What think, are our options? Okay, who who asks that? I think that, look, let me answer that question and then... And then okay. Okay. We can lead into that one. Um, uh, so I, I'm not a big fan of. Well, no, okay. I don't. Firstly, I don't think that Poch will play um, with a back three. Um, he's very much a back four man. He's very much four three two one or four three three. I think that's a no go. I think also if if you play with a back three, no one else does it at the moment, um, and. Um, yep, you've got to have the personnel to do it. I think that if you play with a back three, you lose something elsewhere in the team. Um, Because effectively you're playing with the same two full-backs and three defenders as opposed to two. So something somewhere else is going to to give. Also, if teams... um, If teams are playing with wingers or wide attacking players that start to punish our full-backs, then who's going to cover for the full-backs? I suppose... That, that someone like the Tongan, for instance, or Dyer, naturally would would then cover, but then that three then be- breaks up. Um, whereas if you play a well, if you play a traditional four four two, which we're not at the moment, then for instance, if you had Lennon and Walker, then Lennon would provide cover for Walker. Or in the past, we had Bale and Okota um, at left back and Bale on the on the left, for example. But I suppose we're not doing that at the moment. Um, 
I think the, the bigger question actually is, um, and Sam Moore raises this, um, how do we shore up our defence for, for next season? He makes the point yeah. that Dyer's still learning, Fazio's good in the air, but liable to, to a big mistake. I also would add to that his distribution is very poor and Chiriches, um is a bit of a clown. So um, I think that we need, I think that we need another, we definitely need another centre-half um, to play alongside the Tongan. Um, because whilst Dyer is the future, um, he's still learning. He's still learning. Yeah. And so I think we need somebody. Um, there's a lad that I can't pronounce his name that plays at Southampton that played with uh, the Tongan at Ajax. Um, Toby Alderweireld. Yep, that's that's the one. The guy that's on loan um, from Atletico. Yep. Uh, so possibly somebody like him. I think a, a commanding centre half would be good. Um, I think left back is fine. I think right back. Um, we need Kyle Walker needs a bit of competition. If Yedlin is that person, great. Um, and I think we need some somebody in the centre centre of mid midfield to play with uh, Ben Flab, but somebody a bit more defensive, somebody that can break that play up. Schneiderlin, for example, and I think that would give us that cover that we need. Um, and a commanding centre half would also be good and then after that to be honest it's just a lot of the mistakes we've made are just individual errors there's just stupid schoolboy errors which um you know have just got to be um worked upon during training and, and, and cut out it's just sloppiness which um it's a bit difficult to to legislate for sometimes um you can you can have a um a schneiderlin type player protecting your defenders and you can have that commanding center half that will certainly um, help and it will bring some confidence but in individual mistakes mm. that's something that yeah. players have got to work on and, and, and eradicate I think it'll be better next season it has to be well we you know that's that's always the beauty of looking ahead and looking forward to something you always have the hope that it's going to be better so you know I think that's all we can say at this moment in time but you're right. It, there is sloppiness and there is poor, um, poor uh, discipline. Let's call it that way. Call it that. It's it's just. I think the guys just need to, if they've got if they've got somebody who is um, in competition for for their place and and they've got to fight for it, like we've seen with with Rose this season, and it's just brought out the best in him. And uh, I, I think I think we might. We might be on the on the road to something good. I think we still don't have a leader in defence. You've got Hugo, and you know he's fabulous. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed I've, that Vertonghen. Sorry, that, yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure that Vertonghen will be there next season. No, and I can't. Well, not necessarily because of him. I think somebody might. Right. I think Poch might say, "Do you know what? Not so much." I think Vertonghen is very much on the line of could be in the I'm not listening to the boss gang. Yeah, he does have a little bit of an attitude about him. Yeah, and a little I'm bit of disapp- petulance. I'm, I'm disappointed because because I think I expected so much more. And especially yes. when, when Kabul was sidelined, you would have thought that, and, you know, and Addy is obviously not there, you would have thought that he would have stepped up to the plate for the captaincy and, and gone, hey, hang on. Let me just. I'm. I'm the senior squad player here. And I've I think there's a, a reason. While. I think there is a very good reason he wasn't given that captaincy. Yeah. And it's because of his, you know, the 
like we saw last year, the whole, oh, I don't really want to be here, I don't really care. You know, I think it's that attitude that's given it away and that's why he wasn't given captaincy. And I think that's why he may he may go this season. Yeah, I think you might be onto something there. And I think if somebody, I don't know, let's say a Barcelona, for just the sake of argument, makes a very good offer for a defender. I can't remember how much we, we, we paid for for Tongan, I think it might have been ten million. Possibly, are, are Barca allowed to sign players yet? Sorry, are Barca allowed? I don't know. I'm not but, sure they are. But if somebody, anyway. if, if if a big team, if I don't know, Atletico Madrid, let's just say for sake of argument, um, put in put in a bid, um, I could see him going. Yep. And um, it's we could take telling. him as a swap for Alderweireld, can't we? Yeah, we could. That's um, a good plan. Except for the fact that it would be nice to actually have them both play together as they do their country as they do their country and as they did at Ajax. Um, start of the season, he wasn't. Not only was he overlooked for the captaincy, you had Kabul, Adebayor, and Loris, all three of whom were going to be. Um, so you had uh, you had Kabul as, um, as a captain, and you had Loris and Adebayor as vice captains, and and um, the Tongan wasn't didn't start very early on. Kabul was season. allegedly chosen as captain by the players. Yeah, I still don't understand why. Why? Probably because they thought, oh well, we don't want Switzerland. <laughs> well, yeah, there is an element <laughs> of that perhaps, but um, I think Poch gave them the choice. You know, new guy in trying to not curry favour because he's the boss, but just. All right. So, who do you like? Who who do you guys want to see as your captain? Yeah, I, maybe. I, I'm, I'm surprised by that because I think Kabul was and is useless. <laughs> but 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 he might have been a popular figure around the place. Somebody that players went to. Somebody that they could trust. Um, I know, but, but surely you choose somebody that 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 you look up to. Yeah, who, somebody who... that you aspire to be, but not Absolutely. somebody as clumsy as Kabul. You know, I mean, that's that's what we lost when we lost Dawson. I mean, you know, say what you like about the guy. and uh, He was a brilliant captain. He commanded his his team. And we don't we don't have that. And, and I love Luis, don't get me wrong. But like Beck said, we don't have a leader on the pitch. Now, in the future, I do think that Ben Taleb could be that leader. Yeah. But he's not ready. He's still too green. So I don't know what we're going to do next year. But anyway. It's next I'm guessing some of that depends on who comes in over the summer. And, you know, we're back on that, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. Can't make any decisions until... Anyway. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I, I, I feel a summer podcast coming along. I think you absolutely <laughs> should. During during the transfer window and mm-hmm. when there's yeah. speculation. And anyway, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that a bit later. Um, so, new kits, um, a few questions on that. Greg Taylor asked, do you think the go-faster stripes on the new shirts will help resolve the lack of pace problem? Well, it worked today, or something worked today, didn't it? Um, but I really couldn't give a fat rat's whatever about the strip, in all honesty. It's just clothes they play in. Yeah. Doesn't make them any better. It doesn't make them any worse. It's just clothes. Yeah. Um, From the ultimate fashion Easter, by the way. I would just like to add that. <laughs> my my only my only comment actually that I noticed is that um, those collars are really really high, and it almost looks like it's choking them. So maybe it's choking them to to make them feel like they're gasping for air, <laughs> and that makes them run faster. I don't know. In a, line with Potch's <laughs> new double training sessions, you will feel yeah. like you can't breathe at any stage. <laughs> Anything's possible. <laughs> right. 
James James Verner asks Stripe or Check, and then Kent dear old Kent Goodrich asks multiple choice. Is the new kit the most horrid, self harm inducing, heritage sash laden travesty ever to be fobbed off on a Spurs fan? A yes or B? Of course it is. Oh. Okay, it's not so, that bad. So he's quite—he's unsure of where he stands on the issue there. Um, <laughs> I'm intrigued that they brought it out. It's been brought out so early, and also that the players are playing in it that they played today. Yeah, I don't think that's ever been done before. No, no. Uh, the FA Cup final in '91. We we played we have, we played then with the new kits. The kit. Um, yeah, that was there was a mix up with the kit for that though, wasn't it? 91 and also I think 87 against Coventry Um, my feelings on it I'm not a big fan but it looked better today on the players than than it did looking at the photos online Um, I think this is going to sound really stupid but I think that the shorts um, they were a different shade of blue and I quite like the colour of the shorts I know you you said that and and I was like okay if you say so it looks the same to me, but hey, you know, I, I, I clearly don't have an eye for blue shorts. Um, one thing I can say, because I was a bit sort of on the fence about it, wasn't sure if I liked it or not, but um, I think I said yesterday in a tweet that uh, if, if NASA looks hot in it, then I'll buy a shirt. So, <laughs> And what was NASA your verdict looks, after today? NASA looks hot in it. With his little bubble haircuts and everything, okay? NASA will look hot in a brown paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? The boy is just... Oh, he's just so delicious. Anyway, moving on swiftly. <laughs> so, so um, along those same lines, Kent Goodrich asks for ladies um, rank the current squad by their lady boner worthiness. The scale is a high of raging stonker or a low of crawled back up. <laughs> well, you're both you ladies. I'll so... tell you what then, Javad, you pick us a player and we'll grade them. Yes, let's do that. Because otherwise you know what's going to happen. We're just yeah, going to talk choose... about NASA and... Potch. and Potch. Yeah. Okay. Although Potch isn't a player, strictly speaking. It's never so... stopped us No, but that's not going to stop you, though, is it? <laughs> no. Um, okay. Uh, I'll... Stambouli. What, okay, what are the options? Um, Was it one to three? One being a top. Yes. One being Chadley. Being a raging stonker <laughs> of a lady player. To a low of crawled back up. No, I'm not sure what that means. I think he's particularly pleasing on the eye, but he's not unpleasant to look at either. So, Fair to middling. Yeah. yeah he's, he, if, it's, if it's one out of ten, for example, I'd say he's about a six and a half. But if it is one out, it's one, two, or three, isn't it? So we'll go for a two. A two, okay. Um, okay, Larice. Oh, for me, he's a one. Yeah, I, one. I, and I know we never actually mention him, and I, I, I don't, I don't often, uh, you know, want to, um, I don't know, rip his clothes off. But I would 
<laughs> if, you, if, if Padley and Lamella and Pochettino weren't available and all I had was the Frenchman, I would. <laughs> yeah, hung like a baguette. <laughs> Done. Sold. <laughs> okay. Um, just for my own sanity, I'm going to move on um, from that. Um, no, we're just getting warmed up. <laughs> Oh, okay, one, one, one more. One, one more. Harry Kane. <laughs> Three. Mm. No, he's a two for me. He's a two. He, yeah, he's a two. Okay. But, yeah. Um, mm, yeah, he's a two. I thought you were going to ask me about Ericsson, my feather duster. <laughs> No, that's mean. Um, okay, so Kent, Kent also asked a couple of questions which are probably more applicable to me. So, um, first one, uh, of course, you're more than welcome to answer those questions if so inclined. But um, Kent asked me, um, or oh, sorry, Kent asked the question: You meet the most beautiful, intelligent, witty, kind-hearted, Spurs-loving woman ever. She cooks perfect meals, earns five hundred thousand a year, and is a demon in the sack. After a few dates, you are smitten beyond repair. The only quibble you have is her recent confession that she used to be a man. What does your heart tell you to do? Um, well, it's really simple, okay? You would you would ditch her because it would mean that the whole... Um, did you say marriage or relationship? The whole relationship would, 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 would be based on, on a lie, really. So that's a... It would end for me. Simple as that. Commendable. I'd say so. Um... Kent also asks, um, again, this is probably not going to mean anything to most people, um, unless you're a fan of Doctor Who, Mary, Mary Shagkill, Martha Jones, Amy Pond, or Clara Oswald. And Clara Oswald, if anyone is wondering, um, is played by the actress Jenna Louise Coleman. Um, so uh, that's really simple for me. Um, it would be Mary, Clara Oswald, and uh, uh, Shag and Kill, the other two. Okay, I have a in question. In no particular order, because I, do, I couldn't really care. Really I, I, would, I would just, I would just, I would just, I would just, I would just put put their names in a um, in a Tom Bowler and, and and just yeah, see which whichever Russian one. Russian roulette with a gun. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I, I have a question for Kent. How's your therapy going? Because clearly <laughs> you need to get your money back. Okay, the guy is seriously. Bless him, but he's deranged. There's something not right there. I know he's a lawyer. That probably explains it, but he's not well in the head. Let's um, let's bring it back. To, bring it back to Spurs. So Paul Esau asked, "We'll be celebrating 134 years of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club next year. We look back at what we call the history books, pre-birth, and have also lived a part of that history too. What do you think they will say about us in another 134 years from now?" Uh, I have no idea. Yeah. At all. I have no, no, I have no idea. But hopefully, I'll say that the Pochettino era was era was um, a a successful era. It was the beginning of his first his first season was transitional. Transitional, yeah. But then, and you know, there there was uh, difficult matches against Stoke, losing at home to Stoke and West Brom, and and people getting on his back, but he turned it around and we got to a cup final and then the season after that, um, the glory days returned to White Hart Lane and 
yeah, it was it was the start of something successful, and it also that year also coincided with the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast, and that was really important, and it set the, the mark for all other podcasts, and Bagel's return to White Hart Lane, and yeah, um, that's right. how they'll they'll be talking about. And, and they'll, they'll, they'll talk about how in the years that followed, um, with, with Pochettino still being the head coach, um, Manchester United, Arsenal and Chelsea all got relegated. <laughs> yeah, that would be really good. Yeah, I know. It, it's wonderful stream. OK, um, b- 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 final few questions. Um, James Parr, do you think Poch sees it's the midfield pairing that is impacting on the defence? To be fair, I think it's it's everybody, as we discussed earlier. I think everybody is is at risk. You mentioned it, Jack, of, of making schoolboy errors. So mm. I think it's a little bit unfair just to, to, to single anybody out because everybody on their day has made some stonker of mistakes. So I I, I don't think it's fair to... to uh, single out Mason and and um, Bentaleb because bearing in mind earlier in the season the two of them played really really well together and they linked up well and everybody was going wow this is our midfield they are such strength now because we're having some defence issues it's just very quick to go oh let's pick on those two Yeah. I, think, I, think, I think you're right. It is a bit of everything. Um, I still, as I said earlier, I still think we would benefit from a more defensive-minded midfield player playing alongside um, Bent Lab. Mm. Um, and I think we still need to shore up the, the back and, and, and maybe bring in um, a commanding centre-half. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Final two questions, um, and they sort of lead one leads into the other. So Nick Seal asks, what are your plans for the summer once the final nail has been driven into the massive anti-climax of a Spurs season? Um, and David Pips asks, what's been um, your favourite post of the season? He's referring to the Facebook group. Um, and, but moreover, I suppose, when are the pods going to return? So if, if you don't mind, I'm just going to... Well, I'll I'll start by answering the first, and it will lead into the second. Um, so, my plans for the summer, once Spurs, um, once once the season is is over, I'm gonna I'm gonna start tearing my hair out and and getting very frustrated because there's no football, and uh, I'm gonna be slowly counting the days and weeks and months to go until that that first ball is kicked. Um, as for the podcast, um, this is the penultimate episode. We'll, we'll do the final one next Monday. Um, but I'm hoping that there will be at least one podcast in the summer um, to answer D- Dave's question. Um, hopefully ne- um, nearer the transfer window as and when there's activity and talk of players coming and going. So that's me done. Hmm. Nikki? Well, I'm not going into summer. I'm going into winter. So I'm planning on hibernating and I'll wake up when football comes back and sanity returns to the world once more. No, I, we, you see, we've just, um, we've got a uh, local rugby season starting here. So, which is going to be interesting because obviously all the players are going to be fluffing up their tail feathers in the hopes of being selected for the rugby world cup in November. Uh, so I'll be, I'll be kept, um, 
busy with that and also there's the IPL and there's golf and there's tennis so, so there's lots to keep me busy lots of cricket golf tennis um, I'll miss the boys and I'll, I'll, I'll obviously keep my eye out on, in the media but um, and I'll obviously miss all of you in the podcasts and 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 everything but it's you know before you know it, time flies and it's going to be August and, or actually I believe we might even kick off in July this year, apparently. So before you know it, we'll be, we'll be here again going, where did the time go? Oh my God, what's going to happen this season? Yeah. How hot is Pochettino? Oh my God, how hot is Jack? <laughs> oh, the male beefed up a little bit. Oh, Ericsson doesn't look like a feather duster. He's also beefed up a little bit gonna be fair. Bex, how are you gonna cope? Well I'm... maybe you're maybe you're not gonna cope. Maybe you you're 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 gonna be relieved that that, that that the season's over. So I will every year come the close season I will write that's it. I'm never I'm not gonna believe any of the newspaper talk. I'm not believing anybody coming in, I'm not believing anything going out. Not until I see them in a shirt with mm. Potch standing next to them. And every year I get drawn into this whole transfer speculation, either on a Facebook page or with somebody at work. And you just, it's inevitable. You can't help it. And then you have this, then it all sticks in your head. Well, more if they do go, what are we going to do then? Who's going to come in to replace them? And it just goes round and round and round in circles. And every season, I promise I'm not going to do it. And every season I get very slowly, very dragged. You know, I work with a lot of people who know that I do football. So we'll talk football. And yeah, the rumours are inevitable. So uh, I will equally go absolutely crazy and watch some cricket and do stuff, but really wish that the football was back. But the under-21 uh, Europeans is on, so that'd be good to watch. That's true. And, and, and hopefully young Harry Kane will feature in that yep. tournament. Um, so, sorry, talking about, about transfer, transfer rumours or you know people going out or whatever the case may be. Now, with the whole bail saga, I was adamant right until the very last second that he would not be going anywhere. So, yeah, and so everybody right. knows how I mm. feel about him um, having left us and actually just, you know, made me look like such a, an, an idiot. So, once again, I'm putting my head on a block and I'm saying that Hugo Lloris is going nowhere. He, he believes in what Pochettino has uh, planned He's believing in the. He's buying into the whole idea of of what he wants to do, and for me, he is staying put, and and that's my belief until I read or hear otherwise. Okay. What do you guys think? Thanks. Well, firstly, I don't understand. Um, so the theory is that Larice will go to United because De Gea is going to Real. What happens mm. to Iko Casillas? De Gea, De, De Gea isn't going to want to take a back seat to anyone. Casillas is not ready for the Knackers yard. He's, he's still a good, damn good keeper. Uh, I so, think he'll be sur- surplus to requirements as well. So where does that go? Well, what's the where does Casillas go? Yeah. Some other Spanish club. Perhaps. What? What's his contract say? Or, or maybe maybe even the Premier League. There's, uh, you know, He could even end up at Spurs. For all no, you know. he should go to United then. Well, well, and they can well, leave Hugo alone. Yeah, why? Why would Hugo go to United? You know, yeah, in my heart of hearts, I believe, mm-hmm. I, be, I really do believe he's a, he's a Tottenham man, and and mm-hmm. I don't think that if he had to leave, it would be for a European Cup. It would not be for I don't a think Premiership. He'd go for, no, 
you know, I, that if he had to. But however, just, like I said, I don't believe he's going anywhere. There are rumours that he's wanted to play for United, and he has done for a while. Really? And there are some very strong rumours, yeah, that that's his equivalent of the bail to Madrid thing. That's no. his dream, dream move. No. That worries me, and I don't know how true or otherwise that is. I. Th- Sorry, Jeff. We don't get. Gonna... We don't get. The, you know those reports here, and if if, if You're there's not any missing anything, that, Nikki, <laughs> then I'll be really really pissed off. Yeah, no, I'm glad I don't live there because I'm I'm pulling my hair out here, and I'm just listening to this now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. To be honest, I haven't heard those rumours, and I, I hope they are exactly that rumours. Um, I was also adamant that Bale would stay, and but carrying on, Nikki, with your assertion about um, uh, uh, Larie staying. So if if you're an idiot, I'm not saying that you are, but if you are in thinking that he will stay, then I'm an even bigger idiot because right very early on um, when we were doing the pods, I, I think I said that he would be um, at Spurs for 10 years and, and be our captain for the yeah. next 10 years. And I genuinely believe that. I think that he's settled in London and I can't see him. I can't see him going to... Um... Anyway, yeah. I'm going to come and re- 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 regret this, but I, I can't. No, I, he's, he's going to stay. That's it. Well, well, so. well, think about it. I mean, for me, what's a bigger achievement? Going to a club like United. Okay, yeah, they're not they're not what they used to be, okay, uh, with um, with Fergie. But why go there when, when you now have a coach who is putting the building blocks in place? And isn't it better to actually say, oh, my God, I achieved this with Tottenham. Because look Van Gaal has pedigree and Poch doesn't. Yeah, but I would rather stay with with a man who's making a name for himself than some yeah. Dutch man who sounds yep. like a fuckhead when he talks. I Arrogant knob playing devil's advocate. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you can tell I don't like him. Thank no, you. <laughs> really, it's very well hidden. <laughs> I just, you know what? I'm, 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 guys. I'm there next week, Friday. My first stop. I'm coming to London early. I'm going over to see Daniel Levy and Pochettino, have a little chat to the boys, and then just, you know, put my arms around a few of the players and say, if you leave, I'll cut your balls off. <laughs> End of story. We oh South Africans get away with murder. I have. So- <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> You have to stop saying that, Nikki. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you really do. Some of them don't even have a leg to stand on. Um, and don't encourage her. Uh, and uh, and on that note, um, Rebecca, all things being equal, um, uh, you will be on the last podcast with me a week uh, next Monday. Yes. Good. Um, Nikki, unfortunately you won't be but um, I should take this opportunity to thank you for all the pods that you, you did the first one with me back in November um, and you've done quite a few since you obviously you, you did the all female pod, podcast episode 14 and um, hosted. hosted that one I should yeah and, and and you've done the last few with me and you've done, done lots of good work with the Tom Motsworth family podcast page so um, we will still continue to work on that website no doubt um, in, in the next few weeks um, but hopefully we'll hear your dulcet tones once again on the pods next season absolutely thank you so much Jeff for all your hard work with the, for the pod you've actually just made this a lot of fun and and uh, like you say it's it's our podcast is very different to others it's very rare that I hear a woman speaking on other uh, Spurs uh, podcasts yeah. first of all mm-hmm. and, and I think like you said we're all 
in different parts of the world. We're not sitting in one room together. So the fact that it comes across as well as it does, yes, we had our teething problems, but I think we've just gone from strength to strength. So, you know, well done for all your hard work that you put into it as well. Thank you. And finally, I should have said this earlier on, but if anybody <laughs> hasn't listened to, um, if you're new to the podcast and you're listening for, for, for the first time or, or if you're a regular listener, please do listen to episode 27, which um, we've recorded, Nick and I recorded on Tuesday, what day was it? Tuesday even, um, where we interviewed um, Kat Law and um, Martin Cloak from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. Um, it's a really good um really good podcast really insightful um uh pod um and uh, if you want to if you, if if you don't know what the trustee or if you want to know more about what they do and how that makes a difference then please do listen to that podcast and please also read the article that martin cloak has published on our webpage. and on that note um the future's bright the future's lily white good night oh.